visit Cape and Cowell Comics at 1601 Clay Street in downtown Oakland, California, open every day, or online at capeandcowlcomics.com. Welcome to the Cape and Cow Comics Podcast, where we talk about comics and comics culture. Uh, today, we're joined by Henry. Hello. And Aton. Rainier, what's up, man? How's it going? Glad to have you guys here. Yes, sir. Good to be here. All right, so we are going to talk today uh, about... Actually, we're going to have uh, another recap of the DC versus Marvel uh, <laughs> brawl that had happened a couple <laughs> weeks back. I was able to chime in with my uh, my own recap after hearing the show, not being able to attend. Uh, but I would like to hear Aton's uh, follow-up. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I, I didn't even know if I was going to come here today because, uh, you know, the, my feelings are still so raw. <laughs> and the pain is so real uh, that I lost that. And, um, you know, I get people coming in all the time who listen to it, and they're saying, who the fuck's this Henry guy, and <laughs> who does he think he is? Uh, maybe that's just me. Maybe that's me interpreting what they're saying. <laughs> Wounds are still fresh. Uh, but I've had a number of people tell me that I won that debate, <laughs> that I won, that, that some of those decisions are outlandish as outlandish as I knew they were that day mm. and uh, I just want Henry to know um, I'm still very angry at him um, okay. I uh, take all of this very personally <laughs> I'm very petty um, <laughs> and I will not move on were, were these friends of the shop that were uh, that <laughs> these were, were I've heard from all I've heard from all over all okay. over the world um, <laughs> so fair judgment I, wow. I've heard from from customers in the store I've heard from friends who don't come into the store that much the ones that really get them I'll tell you yeah well first of all the whole system we used was flawed in my opinion we should we should next time we do a debate and we will do a debate we will continue to do debates until i win one <laughs> let that be known sure. uh, we need a completely impartial judge and i don't think henry was in in he intended to keep me and dc down that was just a unintended result um, of his deep-seated biases <laughs> um, i think next time we do this we have to have a judge that has no no background in what we're talking about, right? I was actually yeah. chatting with Henry about that as we were walking to your shop. Yeah. Because we agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah. And I was like, where could we find someone that has no interest or any background understanding of these comic characters that are everywhere? Yeah, yeah. Well, Does that person exist? Henry said that you guys have a <laughs> knitting club here, and I really think that would be a good place to start. Yes. Uh, not that there's not knitting comic book crossover. I'm sure there's plenty. <laughs> yes. But I just feel like that could, for some reason, I have the vibe that that's where we're going to find our impartial judge Yeah. Um, is the knitting club. I agree that uh, an impartial judge slash judges would be the way to go. And yes, where Rainier and I work, we do have a lot of clubs, a lot of clubs that have minimal crossover with <laughs> comics fandom. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. So the big sticking point, and, and then we can leave this alone. Maybe. Sure. I sure. don't know. Probably not. I'll probably Maybe I want to start every show with this that I'm on <laughs> and just, just revisit this. But, of course, the Batman versus Captain America, which you came into the store, like, the next day, and we yeah. continued that conversation, and I, I realized after that conversation, there was no way I was ever going to win that <laughs> part of the debate. There's no way. There's no way. I could have I could have held a gun to your head and said, 
Batman wins and it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, I, w- I was there and I saw Henry, I felt you felt a little backed up against the wall uh, oh. when we were having that conversation. Yeah. Oh, uh, that day I was bullied. There's no question I was bullied. I was not prepared. I, for some reason I engaged and it, it was a mistake. Was I had my bullying gloves on and I knew I knew what I was doing. Oh yeah, and, you did. Uh, and I uh, am comfortable with that and uh, I take a little bit of pride in that actually. That's okay. Um, so I think that's a, that's just a debate for another day. We're just going to have sure. to do Batman vs. Captain America, full episode, full bare-knuckle boxing match between those characters. We can. I don't care if we have to put teams together or if it's just me and you. I see, I see the blood okay. yeah. I see it simmering, yeah. not quite boiling. Yeah. yeah. No, I've got steam coming out of my ears. I I'm, like I'm the sounds running. of it. Um, that, the Aquaman uh, uh, Submariner, we, I got, we got issues with, and Wolverine... Lobo again, sure. based off the arguments presented that day, I got a hard time accepting the results. Understandable. Okay, I will accept your understandable, <laughs> and I will move on. All right. All right. So we're gonna save round two for another day. Okay. So what I'd like to move on to would be uh, comic conventions. Henry and I, Aton, uh, we are very well versed on the buying side of things. We are very much fans of attending comic conventions. Yeah. Should we talk a little bit about that first? Oh, we're going to talk about the Comics Pro that Aton recently attended. So he's yeah. so it's going to be interesting hearing the other side, the business part of this. Should we have you just take Sure, take yeah. It? So Comics Pro, it's not like a it's not um, a comic Con. Um, it's not a convention. Uh, so much. it's a it's a conference. Um, so it's a comic book retailer. So Comics Pro is an organization, a trade organization for comic book retailers. So there's about 300 to 350 members across um, the country, or maybe that's worldwide. Mm, I don't know. Anyway, there's about 350. I know that it, it uh, there's about 3,000 stores, comic book stores in the country. And Comics Pro represents about 10% of those stores, um, which is significant, um, which is why they have this conference and why uh, publishers and vendors and people come out and take it seriously and come and talk to us. Because 10% is, you know, if I could talk to 10% of my customers at a given point, like I would jump at that um, and try to, to, you know, get on the same page as them. Um, so this year it was uh, in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, and it was my second uh, one of these conferences. And uh, each one of these, I would say about 150 stores um, are represented out of the, the Comics Pro membership. Um, so about half. Um, and what it, what's kind of cool to me is like, first of all, the, the members of this organization, I think it says something about those stores and those people. Um, you know, these people take the job very seriously um, and uh, want to always be improving their stores, right? So, I mean, that's not, believe me, they, <laughs> believe me, there are some classic comic book store guys uh, in this this group, right? They are the guy who walking out of the episode of The Simpsons with their ponytail and the goatee and the bad attitude. Um, but for the most part, it's people that are that are really interested in moving uh, the industry forward um, and, and doing the comic book store thing better. Um, so, you know, to go to Memphis from all over the country, like, it costs a bunch of money, right? Like, it's a commitment. It's time. It's a way, you're away from the store. You're, you're invested in travel and hotel and... Um, all that stuff. So it's really like these are the guys to me 
it shows me like you're serious, right? Like you're you're gonna take something away from this or you have something to add to this. So that's why I went. Then this is my second year. Last year was in Portland. This year was Memphis. They did it in Memphis this year um, because there's a Diamond Warehouse. Um, mm-hmm. Diamond, if, if people don't know, is the main comic book distributor. Um, in fact, I think we could safely call them a monopoly. Um, but, you know, that's illegal, that so it can't possibly be a monopoly. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so they're, they're the big distributor for comic books and, and comic book stuff. It's where all of our Marvel, DC, Image, everything, all the comics are distributed through. So they have a new fancy warehouse there um, so we all had to go to, to Memphis for that uh, they did a tour I didn't go um, as you guys know I have a, a four-year-old and a one-year-old so like mm-hmm. if I get a chance to sleep in I'm sleeping in so mm-hmm. I'm not going to a 7 a.m. tour <laughs> of a warehouse I worked in a warehouse for like four years I've seen <laughs> I've seen warehouses so anyway that's why we we're there um, and the reason I wanted to talk about it today uh, just because I, I found it kind of interesting um, the juxtaposition between the two years, um, last year and this year, and, and at person on a personal level, when I went last year, I had only been open for three months. You know, like I was so brand new. So I went to this conference, and every single thing I heard there was just like blowing my mind. You know, like yeah. the fact that I was sitting there, like I sat there and I talked to Jim Lee personally, and he like asked me about my store and what you know could be better and all this stuff. I was like, where am I? Like what? Like I'm just the new kid like what is going on here you know I felt like a kid sitting at like the adult table for the first time being there Um, this year you know this year I felt a little different like I was over a year in um, you know had a a moderate level of of success doing this Um, you know survived the first year (laughs) that's the success I'm I'm talking about and I, you know, I, I came in with some expectations this time. Like I wanted to hear some stuff. I wanted to uh, um, hear things from publishers that were gonna, you know, help me improve, and, and from other retailers and stuff. So um, that was that was the the personal difference. The the other biggest um, kind of juxtaposition between the two conferences. Um, was the DC and Marvel presentations. So mm-hmm. both both years, um, DC presented for six hours straight. Um, and in 2016, uh, Rebirth had not happened yet. It was February or March of 2016, and so it was pre-Rebirth. And in fact, so they were basically, Dan Didio and Jim Lee, the co-publishers of DC, DC Comics were there. Um, and they were trying to pitch a room of 150 or 200 retailers on this idea of rebirth. And at this point, DC was was low, like low in sales, low in um, uh, confidence from retailers and readers. Like DC was just in a bad spot. And uh, and Didio and Jim Lee were just taking a beating for six hours over this rebirth uh, you know this uh, the, well just the state of DC and then the fact that they were like pitching us on this rebirth they weren't telling us anything about it they were just saying that they were going to drop the price on books which for retailers means dropping the profit on books um, they were going to ship them twice a month for their main titles everybody's like I can't sell 10 copies of Superman a month what makes you think I'm going to sell 20 copies of Superman a month like it just uh, it, it was it was brutal and by the time this con- this six-hour presentation last year from DC was over, um, Jim Lee in particular, I remember I talked to him after, um, 
and just told him, like, I was actually pretty excited about Rebirth. Like, I was looking forward to it. And he looked like he had just lost a 10-round boxing match. <laughs> like, he's, his face was puffy and wow. sad-looking. And uh, it just looked horrible. Uh, I'm kind of curious, actually, about the six-hour presentation. Yeah. Is, so is the presentation also, do they give sort of a, a timeline? Do they Do they dive into sort of the top line stories to sort of build interest and in, in a little bit do they get that granular a little bit um so like last year last year rebirth was a big big secret um so they, they didn't really talk about it this year when dc presented um they did talk a little bit more about you know like the button storyline is coming up that's this batman flash thing that's going to deal with the watchmen involvement in the dc universe so they would they kind of basically this time to like point to these issue numbers and be like hey you might want to bump up your orders on this we're just giving you a little heads up there's something coming um but it, it doesn't get down to like Batman and Robin are gonna, you know, <laughs> fight Catwoman. And and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not really like that. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's really these presentations are really like at a high level about sales in the industry and like kind of behind the scenes moves that these companies are gonna make to um, improve sales in comic book stores. Supposedly, you know, these comic book sales. When you're talking about mega corporations like Warner Brothers, Disney, who owns Marvel, like comic books are not a huge part of their profit yeah. system, right? Um, but fortunately, they still take it seriously. If nothing else, they're mining their intellectual properties from there, right? So, yep. does that presentation also include? Like merchandising, yeah, like figures, toys, statues. Yep, DC Collectibles is there. Um, so yeah, you, you basically you get a presentation from the publishers, um, you get a presentation from the sales team, uh, and you get a presentation from DC Collectibles. Um, that's pretty much, I believe, how how it breaks down. And the publishers kind of come like they're like the cheerleaders, and they're like, "We rule! <laughs> like everything we do is great." Um, here's these cool, you know, th- that's kind of where they, they come out with, like, these are the storylines. We Like, there were some, um, this year, like, they announced these DC Looney Tunes crossovers before they announced them to the general public. And Marvel actually made a few announcements um, to us before they became public, like, later that day. I mean, they're not going to, like, trust us to sit on things for too long. Um but so anyway, so last year DC takes this beating, right? I mean, it was it was hard to watch. It was like it was really pretty uncomfortable the whole thing. Um, and then this year DC walks in like you know the prettiest girl in school or the you know the star quarterback. Like they have turned things around. They've they've made a big difference for a lot of stores, and they made a big difference for us, man. I mean, we were. Um, you know, fortunately, I'm a big DC honk, obviously, and I was real excited about Rebirth, so we stocked heavily on it. And when other stores in the area sold out because they weren't really willing to give DC a chance, we had it. And we probably oh, nice. doubled our, our subscriber base uh, when when Rebirth came. So wow. Rebirth has been huge for us. I'm a, So awesome. go DC. Way to go. Um, so, yeah, so that was, that was a big difference and, and just the smiles all around. Now, another big difference was Marvel. Um, and, and unfortunately, not quite as positive a difference. Last year, uh, when, when DC was down real low, Marvel was doing great. 
Um, and and Marvel didn't quite give Comics Pro the the respect that that you might expect out of out of ten percent, um, you know, out of a, an organization representing ten percent of retailers in the country. They sent essentially an intern uh, or some lowly sales guy that nobody had ever met before. He stood on the podium during lunch uh, and read solicitations from a previews magazine. Reading, like, reading right <laughs> off the bullet points. Exactly. Wow. So next and this was last year. This was last so year. So DC brings Jim Lee and Marvel brings an intern. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Wow. Um, yeah, and Jim Lee is like talking to everybody and shaking hands and, and whatever, and this intern like disappeared on day two. Um, and he didn't want to be there. <laughs> Believe me, he did not want to be there. Um, but yeah, he's just flipping pages, reading whatever. So completely useless. Completely useless. Mm. Um, but they were top dog. Like they could do whatever they want. Marvel was kind of booing the industry at the point. At that point, this year it's a little different. Uh, Marvel is not as strong as it as it once was. Not even as strong as it was last year. Um, so they sent David Gabriel. David Gabriel is the um, the vice president of sales for Marvel Comics, Marvel Publishing. Um, and he presented for about an hour, um, but you could tell this guy um, has had a good run as director of sales and a, as a comic book publisher because he clearly had never been humbled before, um, and this was his first time taking a shot at it, uh, and it didn't it <laughs> didn't go that well. Um, he basically tried to. Um, you know, there you can go you can go online and you can find some numbers about sales data in the comic book industry, and they'll tell you that maybe dollar share and comic books, uh, you know, unit sales are down this year from last year, um, but unit sales are up, so more comics are being sold for less money, um, and so Gabriel, this guy is trying to kick dirt on DC and be like, these guys are taking money out of your pocket. You're selling more comics and making less money. Um, it's which, per, actually, it's not, sorry, sorry, yeah, yeah, but no, it sounds, it's pretty amazing to hear that the DC versus Marvel is is right at the top. That's <laughs> oh yeah, that's where it all comes oh, from. Oh yeah, that's, I mean it's you know these <laughs> yeah. guys used to play fucking softball games together. You know you'd see pictures in the back of a DC comic of the DC versus Marvel softball game. Like these guys were buddies. You know that mm-hmm. you know they there was a healthy respect and rivalry. Of course, now it's not so friendly. Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, we're talking, yeah, VPs, you know, and, and so Marvel that they were, you know, they were trying to, to say that Marvel or that DC was the problem and retail these, you know, again, like I said, these 150 retailers there, these guys know what's up, right? These are, these are the, the businessmen of the industry. Ground level guys. Yeah. And they're saying, and it was kind of laughable, uh, to blame any, downward tip in sales on DC when their numbers are so good. Like, they're, they, yeah. we sell so many, you know? I mean, um, uh, my best DC book, Batman, um, well, I guess Black Panther is an exception. I, I sell probably now the same amount of as Batman as Black Panther, but the, the step down from both of those two, so like my number two uh, DC book versus my number two Marvel book, I probably sell twice as many of that DC book, and I sell it twice a month. So for you to tell me that DC is my problem, sorry, bro. Did he just not That's do... Do <laughs> you think he just didn't do his homework? Or? You know, I just don't... Like I said, I don't think he ever had to be humble before. So he came in, and, and he couldn't just say like... He wasn't willing to come in and be like, what we're doing isn't quite working, and we're going to do better. Finally, at the very end, like the last slide he shows us, it's this Generations thing. I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's an Alex Ross painted cover 
for this series that's coming called Generations, and it um, it shows basically the different iterations of each character. It's going to be the start of this initiative called Make Mine Marvel, which a lot of people are speculating, like, we're going to get some of these classic characters back in their classic costume, starring in a more recognizable way. Like, Steve Rogers probably won't be a Nazi anymore. <laughs> Thor will probably be Thor of Asgard, not, um, you know, the, our, our, I hate calling her Lady Thor, um, but the current Thor. Mm-hmm. Um, Bruce Banner will be Hulk. All these things, like, if I had to guess, we're going we're gonna to get a little Marvel rebirth. And they're going to try and say that's not what it is, um, but that's what they're going to do. Um, so anyway, I feel like I'm, I'm hogging all the, the time here. We should talk about cons. But um, I can just say, you know, a takeaway was from the whole thing. Like, there, there's some publishers that I'm really excited about. Boom is a publisher you'll see us talking about a lot in the store. Um, they just really get it, uh, in my mind. They get what, what retailers need. They get what readers want. They do diversity in the most natural way I've seen. Um, lots of women creators and uh, characters, lots of um, LGBTQ representation without like it feeling forced. So so Boom's a publisher I'm really looking forward to. and, and um, uh, yeah, that's it. Do you guys is that was that pretty comprehensive? Well, well, I have a question actually. How about the other? So we you discussed DC Marvel, uh, mm-hmm. and you just mentioned Boom. Did Boom have a presence there, like IDW, Image? Yeah, Dark pretty Horse? much every publisher you can think of is there. Um, they don't all present for a long period of time. Like DC is the big presenter. Um, Marvel presented for an hour. Diamond, the distributor, presented for an hour. And then all these other publishers get up for about 10 or 15 minutes, um, and they give little presentations. And then we also um, do these roundtables. So you go and you you talk to everybody um, on a, not a one-on-one, like a five-to-one. You know, the little groups of like five retailers travel around the room, and they talk to the different companies. So, um, yeah, you it's really cool. You get to get a little idea of what people are, are doing and you get to kind of have that FaceTime. Like I, uh, talking about Boom, I, I was sitting there with the uh, the president of Boom um, at, at the round table and I asked him like, are you guys going to advertise in Teen Vogue at all? Because I mean, I, you know, Teen Vogue's readership since post-election has gone up exponentially. You know, they've been doing this actually super legit reporting on uh, our president and uh, the election and, and people have really taken notice and, and so they're getting subscribers and it's a lot of young people, it's a lot of women it's all this stuff and, and I see Boom as a as a, a publisher that should be you know, uh, targeting that group and I, I asked him, like, are you going to do that? And like he whips out his fucking Blackberry and he's like, you know, writes on Teen Vogue and that's cool you know, so if, you, if anybody sees a Boom ad in Teen Vogue Fucking let me know. I'm gonna frame that shit. Uh, it's the last time you picked up a Teen Vogue uh, issue. No comment. <laughs> you should. Hey, that, that, you that's, should. That's like the young women's like fashion and like news and sort of. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But I mean, it, it, go back and, and look at their news reporting because yes, they do talk about fashion and they talk about makeup and they talk about celebrities and all this stuff. Um, but they've been doing really great reporting and really like. Um, no bullshit reporting on uh, on our election and, and, and the president. It's really impressive. Really, really impressive. I didn't and, know that. Yeah, yeah, and they're getting, uh, you know, and, and it's getting through to people that that read magazines about fashion and lipstick, right? That's the vehicle. Yeah, I mean, in between the, the fashion and in between the celebrity gossip, you're getting an article that's saying 
the Russians are fucking with our election, you know, <laughs> uh, maybe, allegedly. Um, so, anyway, yeah, I, I'm happy to, to get more into Comics Pro, but I think I think you guys wanted to talk about conventions, and, sure. and I want to hear what you guys yeah. have to say, as I've just been spitting on this microphone for half an hour. Sure, well, just real quick on what you just mentioned, I'm, that's super cool to get that sort of insider look, because that's, that's a world that... You know, Rainier and I completely have not I'm, seen I'm or heard of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we, the two of us, are convention vets, no doubt. Um, but it is cool to see, to hear about uh, that side of the industry. Oh, good. Yeah. And you're essentially good. among sort of your business peers, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a cool part of it too. Is is the kind of retailer on retailer interaction, right? So like they, and there's these little kind of workshops and stuff. Like I went to one. This there's a there's a group of like ten small businesses that make up this Facebook like small business alliance, and one of them is a comic book store. Um, and they selected out of thousands and thousands and thousands of businesses in the country. And so this guy gave a presentation of like how to make Facebook right work, you know, and that was really interesting. And I went to one about how to like make the calendar work for your store, like how to, you know, what kind of events you should be doing, um, how can you kind of stay present with people, and and uh, and that was super useful. And then plus people just you know are drinking. <laughs> There's a lot of drinking. <laughs> so the camaraderie is there. Like. Yeah, yeah, it's good. You know, I'm I'm not like a social butterfly, so I uh, I tend to just like stick with the people um, who I know. So I kind of latched on to uh, the sales manager for Oni Press, David uh, Desenyuk or something. Um, he actually was going to work at the store, um, and I got a call from him. The day before, no, the day of his training, saying that he had just been offered the job as sales manager for Oni Press, uh, and I was like, "Fuck you!" Yeah. <laughs> no, I was like, "That's amazing." Yeah, uh, I'm kind of jealous. That's fantastic. I, awesome. you know, I wanted him to work at the store. So anyway, we we were reunited there, and we we hung out a bunch. It was it was super fun. Cool. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think the idea of having this episode be convention themed really stemmed from. Just this past weekend, Rainier, uh, you and I were able to secure four-day badges for San Diego Comic-Con 2017. That's right. And keep in mind, Henry and myself, a few others here in the office, we've actually been working as a collective team for the last several years to get tickets. It's been that difficult. <laughs> it's not the old days where you mail in your check and mm-hmm. you know fill out a form. So it's an online lottery, right? Like it, you have yeah. to get on you have to get online at a certain time on a certain day and basically you just keep refreshing this page until it tells oh, you you have not a ticket. Hold on. Oh, oh. Huge oh. X. I'm making an X. No wonder it never worked for me. No wonder I didn't get it, cause damn it. There, dude, I'm telling you, the, the the detail that went into the planning of this was was incredible. And <laughs> I, I would like to compare the planning uh, of, of this uh, registration to uh, Rick Grimes' planning of bringing together the hilltop and the kingdom <laughs> to battle uh, Negan and the saviors. So, and uh, I gotta say, it was it was a total triumph. We did well. We did well. Not only Rainier and I got our badges, but all, all our buddies are, are in too. So could not be happier. So hats off to Henry. He's been keeping this thing organized for the last several years. Where we uh, yeah we have a conference call. We're all online. We're all available to find out where we are in the yeah. registration process. Yeah, we got Google Docs, we got conference call, we got uh, IM chats. 
Uh, we, we've uh, connected with other groups and they're friends of friends. And yeah, like uh, before it was, well, bef before it really was, like in the old days when you're, you're saying you just kind of mail it in, you're good. But um, at, there was an interim period where it was a speed game, like the fastest computer wins basically. <laughs> like and there was crazy, yeah, crazy maybe. refreshing, but now it's not, it's, it's a numbers game. It's a lottery, uh, but uh, there's power in numbers. You know, if you have a lot of buddies who you can team up with, that's how you get it done. Because you can buy multiple tickets once you get through? Yeah. Exactly, oh. yeah. So for each- What's the limit? It's three. It's three. Okay. So for each one person uh, that logs in, if you get through, if you reach, if you reach the promised land, you can buy up to three. So, so just numbers alone. Do the math. Like you, more people, the better well, your chances up are. Up to three, including the buyer. So it's really yourself and two others that you can include on your purchase. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we could. Uh, we we could. We, we could be a, a, a resource <laughs> for for this we, we've, we've definitely done a lot of homework on this and this is just the badges you know there's there's a whole lot there's hotels there's parking and uh, which they've dubbed hotel apocalypse yeah and these are the these are the prime <laughs> hotels that are either close to the convention center or close to shuttles that will bring you into the convention center yeah. And then there's parking apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, we've kind of named that ourselves. But yeah, there's, there's a lottery for everything. We joke that one day there's going to be a lottery to go to the bathroom. Like you have to win the lottery <laughs> in order to use the fucking bathroom. And it's funny, that is not how... So I went to Comic-Con for, what, 12 years straight, at least. Whoa. 13 years maybe from up until 2011, I think. Is that when the, the ticketing changed? Yeah. Um, well, the lottery started in 2013 or 14, I want to say. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, but it used to be like, you used to be able to sign up at the show yeah, you could for the next year. The day of, yeah, that's and right. And there was no, there was no competition. Like they would just had a table and it, they'd have these two people sitting there that were super bored because nobody was going up to them. And if you were willing to throw down your 200 bucks for the next year, and if you were willing to like save that email that yeah. they sent you... You're golden, yeah. and then they took that away at some point, and it turned into the the computer system. And I've never had a good computer in my whole life, <laughs> and so I remember the next year trying to get on there and doing it, and it, and it didn't work. And, yeah, uh, that's why I haven't been. You know, now that I think about it, that 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 pre reg, you actually saved money on your tickets the next year yeah. because you were committing your money right mm. up front, right? Right, it was a discount. Yeah, gone to those days. Yeah, yeah, it's a new it's a new ball game now for sure. But yeah, I think. Um, I for, for I don't know for for you and I Rainier, let's this is uh, if there's anything that you know for better or worse that maybe elevates us from the the typical comic nerd is this is this convention obsession. I mean we're pretty into this shit and uh, maybe to an unhealthy degree. <laughs> I don't know. You could argue that, but. Uh, yeah, like what well, is it about the conventions that you guys are so in love with? You know, that's I, that's what's kind of interesting. I think maybe maybe for a separate episode we could talk about specific uh, uh, experiences we've had. But yeah, that that to me the mentality behind it is kind of interesting. So one thing I've always thought is uh, going to these conventions, kind of being surrounded by like-minded people, and 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 all these things that that I'm really passionate about 
it's kind of special. It's kind of it's kind of a, a nice excuse to act really stupid, <laughs> to, to totally geek out, basically. And it, it's it's a nice feeling where I you can do these things where in quote unquote normal life it's it's odd behavior. But when you go to these cons, all of a sudden, it's just totally normal to do so certain things and act a certain way. So I, don't I like know, that. I don't know if people remember this, but there was a time where reading comics wasn't cool. What? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there was a time. Yeah, they was, told me that. There was a time nerds were shunned and they were behind closed doors. Yeah. Um, but being able to attend these conventions, you could be amongst like-minded people and you could sort of, you know, you could express your interest and your your fandom with others that shared the same. I think you may have nailed it there because when I was growing up reading comic books, there was kind of this feeling that you're doing something that's kind of lame, that is not really acceptable in the mainstream culture. And to kind of reconnect to to that and all these other people, um, it, it's kind of, it, it addresses that. It, it, it takes me back to that time and it almost is like, hey, you know what? Do your thing. And back then, you, you were you were right on the ball. You know, you, you were you were cool reading <laughs> comics as a kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. I know. I think that's right. I mean, I, it uh, it took you know I I uh, I have a bunch of uh, comic book tattoos and they're all invisible places and uh, there it was not long ago where like the looks you get walking down the street like you did not get like hey that's a cool superman tattoo you got like you're gonna regret that <laughs> uh why did you do that uh, but yeah but comic-con would be the place where people would like stop you and be like that's fucking awesome you know yeah. and that that um that is that was cool yeah. do, I, do i see a damian wayne on your right uh, yes that is damian and, and that is da oh, that is dick go. grayson batman which which it took me a while to come to terms with that i was like i have batman on me and it's not bruce wayne but oh you've got the classic dc logo right on the oh i do yeah too. i got a dc yeah. bullet nice. i missed that logo yep i know i know they're so close now like if they just put a couple fucking stars in the dc <laughs> yeah. logo right now it'd be so good i do like those stars you know there's actually the funny okay this is this is sidetracking but whatever fuck it um you know why the dc logo doesn't have stars i i think i might have an understanding of why it's designed the way it is yeah and it's because they want to be able to put the different heroes texture on the dc logo itself i'm sure that's, that's convenient i'm sure it. that's like nice and added bonus but they can't put stars on it because of dc shoes dc comics oh, let this logo's like trademark lapse then dc shoes started using like DC with some stars and whatever. DC went to like sue DC Comics went to sue DC Shoes and the court ultimately decided like sorry bro, the DC with the stars belongs to the shoe company oh, now. Wow. Oh, wow. So, so that's why there's no stars in the DC logo. It's fucking crazy. How do how do you how so do you let that happen? Dudes, it's a bunch of skater Yeah, the skaters like, stole oh, our fucking oh, stars, wow. man. Skaters skaters steal stars. <laughs> Damn. Interesting. 
So you guys mentioned when we were sitting down here uh, that some of your best life experiences ever happened at cons, <laughs> and that really piqued my interest because my best life experiences ever are very private and maybe a little dirty uh, <laughs> and not necessarily comic book podcast material. Uh, so I'm really, I really want to know uh, what these are. So, so please, guys, one of you take the floor and, and titillate us with your your best ever. Okay, I can start off and. You know, I think Rainier, you and I, we we have probably a pretty lengthy list of great experiences at these cons. So uh, maybe we'll leave we'll leave uh, a full episode to really dive into that. But now maybe just mention one experience each. Yeah. 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 Okay. So yeah. Uh, so 2015 WonderCon in Anaheim was pretty special for me. Um, I remember. Um, debating if I wanted to go or not. And then they announced that Ed Brubaker and Steve Epting uh, would be in attendance. And that's basically when I I jumped on it and I I bought my tickets immediately. And yeah, it was amazing. I got to meet those guys, got to chat with them a bit, got uh, some some prints signed, a velvet print and a Captain America print. And I took photos with with both of them. And Brubaker and Epting are like this this amazing team, right? I mean, they've been yeah. working together forever. They do all the the image crime stuff together. Yeah. Um, and then, but they also did they did what I think. I'm, you would know better than me, but I think it's the best Captain America ever. One of the best, uh, I would say. The the the, win, the original Winter Soldier stuff in comics. Yeah. So, so yeah, those yeah. those are those are comic book heavyweights. I I totally get why that is for a big sure. deal for sure. And I would say that they. They, they, you know, they they both do conventions, but I couldn't tell you the last time that they were at a con together. They live in separate cities, and um, yeah, I talked to, to Epting about this a bit, and he was telling me that you know he works with Brubaker a lot, and he has in his career, but they don't. It's not like they're side by side. You know, they work remotely, and um, he gets his script from Brubaker, and, and it's kind of an interesting collaborative process. Um, but yeah, definitely a very special moment uh, in my con experience, as well as, yes, my life experience as well. How about you, Rainier? Super cool. So the one that sticks out in my mind is the WonderCon before Batman Begins came out. Uh, I got to meet Christian Bale, uh, Batman himself. And that was a huge surprise, actually. Um, I think at this time is when Hollywood was having more and more of a presence at conventions. And I remember Batman Begins being announced on on programming. They did mention Christopher Nolan being there. I was really excited to, you know, get a glimpse or even hear Christopher (laughs) Nolan speak about Batman Begins. Um, by the way, I'm, I was super stoked for this movie. This is pre the movie coming out. This is right? pre the movie coming out. I so was the, in that that Hall H panel. I was there. Oh, really? yeah. I was there too. And so the day of that panel, um, I mean, there was. I think on programming it had surprise guests, and something in the back of my head I was thinking, "Oh my god, I think Christian Bale might be there. Who's who? Who other? What other surprise guests would be there that would totally blow this away?" Um, and sure enough, he was there. They did a lottery to, to meet him, get a, get a signing. I unfortunately did not win, but a friend of mine did win. 
<laughs> and wow. he he was a bit unfamiliar with Christian Bale. When they announced Christian Bale was going to be playing Batman, I immediately took to every movie he was in to see. Okay, is this guy going to be able to do it? Oh yeah. And I immediately fell in love with Christian Bale. Did you watch? Did you watch American Psycho? And yes. That? That's that's how I knew he was going to be the best Batman. Uh, you know, yeah. just, just from that portrayal of the two totally different personalities. Anyway, go ahead. Well, the first one I actually sought after, sought, sought after was uh, was Equilibrium. Okay. And yeah. I was like, all right, this guy's going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's crazy. So <laughs> going back to the convention, my buddy wins, wins a wristband. And I'm like, oh, dude, I will do anything for that wristband. My buddy at the time, he didn't know who Christian Bale was, and he wasn't totally interested in it. And I was like thinking, okay, he's going he's gonna to hook me up. But I had recommended for him to watch Equilibrium, and he really liked it. And he's like, oh, "I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna do it, <laughs> fucker." <laughs> and I, uh, what did I do? I, I ended you up asking him. You stole the bracelet. That's what <laughs> I had running through my head. Uh, but I was like, I asked him, "Okay, if there's a way that we can split this wristband, I'll finagle it in a way where it looks like I'm actually wearing it." So I hid it under my watch. Whoa. He was wearing a watch as well. And I asked, I told him, I was like, if we get caught in this line and they find out that our wristband is cut in half, you go ahead and take it. Uh, but we were able to get through the line. Uh, we got through sneaky. security. Christian Bale nice. was right there. I got to shake his hand. I asked him probably the nerdiest call. I can't even remember what I asked him. Did you try and kiss him? <laughs> I, I probably would have tried to kiss him. No. You know, I do remember <laughs> what I asked him. And I asked him the nerdiest possible question I asked him about uh, who would win in a fight I asked him about who would you win in a fight question to an Oscar winner I'm, awesome. I'm a little embarrassed to tell the question so I may not what say it. it what was it I'm not going to say it no come on come on come on come again it's too embarrassing come on come on who was it was it like his character from Newsies versus his character from oh, he been made some one. like shitty dragon movie anyway after oh, I posed yeah. after I posed a question he looked at me and I was like, wow, this guy's fucking intense. <laughs> because he looked at me like, I can't believe you're asking me that question. But he did it in, 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 he did it in good humor. He was a nice guy. I got to shake his hand. got a nice autograph print. Uh, I will cherish that moment. What's for a fucking the rest question? Of my- I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to pose a question. If there's enough interest out there, I will, uh, I will we'll pose a question. We'll get it out of you uh, in the next it's episode. It's incredibly this lame. This is horseshit. <laughs> you guys don't want to hear this. Well, this is another podcast I'm walking this, away from this is upset. The, this is one of the equivalent dirty secrets I will keep to myself. <laughs> we'll, get it, we'll get it out of you one of these days. This I vow. Uh, <laughs> All right, cool. Um, okay, and then uh, I guess uh, can I share a couple quick ones? Yeah. Then we'll go on to our um, our recommended uh, reading for the upcoming week. Sounds good. Um, so I, I've got two quick ones. One, um, so back when Comic Con was still kind of small and a little more comic based. Um, so in the late '90s, early two thousands, when I started going, uh, we would go to these Batman panels. Um, and they'd be like classic Batman panels. So you'd have all these like Silver Age guys, a Bronze Age guys sitting up there talking about the old days, like trading stories. And and um, Julie Schwartz, or Julius Schwartz, would be up there um, at the uh, at the dais with everybody. And and for all the old school DC panels. Um, and Julius Schwartz, if people don't know, he he basically is credited for ushering in the Silver Age. Um, he he was part of the creation of Hal Jordan as Green Lantern, Barry Allen as uh, as the Flash, basically reimagining kind of classic um, DC characters for the new age for the for the fifties and sixties. Um, so anyway, so he would be there, and um, you know these these panels, you know now even the smallest DC panels like hundreds of people, these would be like fifty people, mm-hmm. and they'd be like old you know 
old dudes sitting around listening to the old stories. So I remember after one, my dad and I went and, and uh, stopped Julie and just, you know, told him like, wow, everything you do is great, blah, blah, blah. And my, and my dad ended up um, striking up this friendship with them and they, they essentially became pen pals. Um, and, cool. and because my dad has always been interested in like the Jewish roots of comic books and, and the guys who, who worked there in the old days uh, when it was a less desirable job and, and lots of people wouldn't take it and, and, and you know, Jews needed the work or whatever. Um, so anyway, so that, they started this pen pal stuff and, and every letter that, that Julie would send my dad had a signed Julie Schwartz baseball card in it. So we have like oh. a stack of them. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and they're all signed in like ballpoint pen. They're kind of funny. Um, so anyway, that that's a, that that one really sticks out for me. And then the the last one would be the last con that I I went to um, was 2012, or no, maybe it was 2013. Um, and uh, we it we went on my daughter's first birthday, uh, so it was July 19th. Um, and I made a, I took a board from a comic and I wrote Happy First Birthday Parker. And uh, we went, I took her on to the floor, uh, the Comic-Con floor for about an hour or so. And we took this sign and we handed it to cosplayers. So the cosplayers, like somebody dressed as Chewbacca would hold this sign. This is happy first birthday, Parker. And then I'd stand there next to, to the cosplayer holding my daughter. And so we have all, we have this whole series of awesome pictures. Yeah. So all of these like crazy characters, like Axe Cop holding, you know, happy first birthday, Parker. That's great. Uh, so that's a, that's a great memory that I have. Awesome. Um, okay, cool. books for the week. Yeah, yeah, and you know, as we alluded to, I think the con- the con conversation doesn't end, so we'll th- we'll definitely pick that back up. And I'm gonna get that question now. Yeah, that we you're need in here. that question. <laughs> I'm man. gonna get you know, that. We have so many more cons. <laughs> no, right, no, we'll, so we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay, the iceberg. All right, on to comic book recommendations. Today is Monday, March thirteenth. Wednesday, the fifteenth, is New Comic Book Wednesday. So, speaking of Ed Brubaker, Kill or Be Killed, issue number seven is coming out. I cannot wait. This is one of my favorite titles out there at the moment. So, highly recommend Kill or Be Killed. Looking forward to this issue. Yeah, that, that issue, just a quick note about that, as uh, I, I mentioned to you before, um, we actually, all the, probably every retail in the country, got a letter from Ed Brubaker. It's like, mm. you need more Killer Be Killed number seven. This is a big issue. This is important. This is cool. Blah, blah, blah. So I'm hoping this is a good starting point. I'll be able to tell you all on uh, Wednesday or maybe Tuesday night when I'm tweeting out my little reviews. Um, but hopefully you can jump in here with this issue seven, and hopefully it is as big as he says it is. Sweet. Yeah, I'm looking forward to Killer Be Killed as well. Uh, adding to the list, Super Sons 2, also our Batman 8 and Batwoman 1. Nice, yeah. I'm looking forward to all those. Um, I have on my list uh, American Gods, number one. So the Neil Gaiman uh, novel is being uh, adapted into comic form. I've read the first issue already. Um, it was really cool. I've never read the book, but it's a it's a cool story. Um, uh, have you guys ever read American Gods? No, no. not. Okay. Uh, and it's got amazing covers. I can't remember who's doing the covers, but really striking, cool covers. Um, also, uh, another... Uh, image book uh, God Country number three comes out uh, the first two issues have been super cool uh, basically this this old guy he has Alzheimer's um, he picks up this giant magic sword and it gives him godly powers and restores like his mental health 
essentially. Um, so it's like this weird, weird kind of secret identity thing. Like he won't put the sword down. He's just not going to do it. He's not going to lose his memories and all this stuff. So his family wants him to. Other gods come. They want the sword. He's like, fucking take it then. I need it. I need it or I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to lose it. Um, also, Headlopper uh, number five comes out. Headlopper... Um, has been gone for a while. It was four issues. We we sell that the trade is number two on our bestsellers from last uh, month, and um, it's a great book. It was four big oversized issues. It's like I always say, it's it's Conan meets Hellboy by way of Adventure Time. Um, so this issue five is the start of a new epic. I know already you can just st- jump in right here. Don't don't think you can't start with it because it's an issue five. Um, also, uh, Deadly Class Volume 5 comes out. we got a lot of Deadly Class fans. Um, and so this is the fifth collection. Um, I believe this is the first volume of the new class. Um, so new students at the School for Assassins in San Francisco in the 80s. Um, and last thing, the uh, DC Bombshells action figures drop. So if you're an action figure person like me, uh, these Bombshells figures look amazing. And I uh, recommend checking them out. Awesome. All right, that's the end of our show. Thanks for tuning in. I'll say farewell to Henry. Farewell. Aton. Adios. And this is Rainier signing off. See you guys next time.